Under the Helmet. You do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Find written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to The Helmet. I am Chad Parsons, official show of UTHDynasty.com. Got a couple of great topics for this week. Wanted to tell you about some of the other content coming out over at UTH Dynasty. And I also wanted to give a shout out here at the top of the show. You, you heard the quote unquote new introduction, uh, and it's very, very similar to the old one. And my, uh, my pea brain I did not uh, get my head around the fact that uh, I was trying to come up with, you know, find all the old sound files. It's been years and years uh, back when, you know, we had Tim Torch, we had Katie Flower, and now again, Tim Torch occasionally on the show, Katie Flower might make an appearance from time to time, but I wouldn't call either one regulars. So didn't feel like it was in good prudent choice to have them on the, the intro every single week because eh, false advertising alert there. Uh, there's going to be plenty of shows where neither one of them <laughs> are on the show. So, uh, but but I was trying to find the files. Very difficult. I was putting all together those those puzzle pieces, and then uh, this is UTH, of course, in uh, in very straightforward fashion. Hey, why don't you just cut those parts <laughs> of, the, of the intro? And I was like, huh, I wonder if that works. And I was I kept thinking about the background music and all this. And you know what? I think it seems together pretty well. I was trying to listen with a listen with a discerning musician's ear, and I could not really tell where uh, if there was a skip in, in the music per se. So maybe it worked out exactly perfect, and that's how. Uh, that's how it works at, from time to time. Uh, you get lucky, let's say. But uh, new introduction, uh, basically uh, old introduction, just shorter. And first topic I wanted to go over, uh, let's get to business. That was far too much. That uh, I wanted to go over B. John Robinson landing spot. I think this is an interesting uh, puzzle piece or equation to put together because you see mock drafts and it's, oh, round one. Oh, he'll be going in round one. Um, not that B. John Robinson's landing spot really matters a whole lot in terms of, ooh, he might be a threat to drop to 103 in a in a, a rookie draft, or it's really going to affect his value per se. I do think there are maybe a couple spots where it might affect his upside uh, or or range of outcomes in the very short term. Obviously, you get a, a round one running back. There's probably not going to be a big impact with his surroundings uh, of, of talent on the depth chart to say, ooh, you know, if he's not the goods... That's going to, you know, really hurt, you know, if he is performing well, but still there's going to be some upside tempering because of the other players on that depth chart. So that that's not what, what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is let's put together the puzzle pieces. And and I do want to shout out over at uh, the, the weekly Patreon show this week. That's patreon.com slash UTH with Tim Torchby and talking about landing spots. This is going to be the landing spot special. And mostly it's because I was putting together the pieces of next week. We got to talk combine uh, Tuesday night. We're going to talk combine later in the week. We're going to get all that juicy dripping down our chin summer of george uh, the mackinaw peaches we're going to get all that data 
uh, not from Senior Bowl, not from you know NFLPA game, not from the Shrine game, not from all of these things that happen in January with some of the let's let's be fair lesser prospects uh, with uh, the 2023 draft class, but with uh, so many basically it's a a giant herding cattle call there in Indianapolis where we get everybody. Maybe not everybody does every drill as we currently know. Someone's going to pull up with a hamstring on their first 40 rep uh, and we, that's going to be the end of their their day or week in terms of athletic testing. But we get a lot. It's all about uh, that data, that sweet, sweet data. And again, this isn't going to override uh, massively. There might be a handful of skill position players where they were previously on the maybe sleeper radar, possible target radar, and now maybe not so much or have, have some concerns. Let's see what they do with their pro day. But it's not going to be this light on, light off type environment uh, is what I would say. But Every piece of data will be analyzed and it, it shapes comparable prospects and it shapes possibly upside, downside uh, spectrums there for these prospects. All right. So I wanted to talk about B. John Robinson. And again, crown jewel prospect uh, and, and the talk is round one. And I almost think now that the back, you know, starting in the mid teens to the late first is almost the equivalent of a running back going as we saw just almost every year, we got one, two, three of them going very high a few decades ago. Just it was commonplace. Get workhorse backs, draft them highly. You know, potentially go as high as the top five. We saw that a few years ago uh, in in some some cases. But I think we're seeing a shift where the positional value and the way salary caps are working, the way quarterbacks, wide receiver, edge rushers. Um, there's a lot of premium positions where if you're not drafting those guys, and are you really going to go all the way down? in the hierarchy of positional importance by the NFL, by the salary cap, by by positional uh, contract values, and what it's going to take, and tags and all of this, that running back is just not very high. It doesn't mean they're not great players. I think Bijan Robinson is right there on par with guys that have gone in the top five historically, but I think there's just now going to be a, a, uh, a, a multiplier, almost a divider for, for what that means. Uh, draft pedigree wise. So I wanted to talk through this. I've got some, we've seen these in mock drafts and these may, might be the stock spots that we see Bijan Robinson go. And I've also got some spicy ones. I came up with seven. If he, if we assume he goes in the first round of the NFL draft, then I think we need to look at, you know, where that, where could that be? Uh, and, and the range here, because I don't think top 10 is happening. First of all, so I didn't really look there. I started looking uh, beyond the top 10. So let's go in order and I'll kind of give a, a spiciness scale. So so caliente, you know, and just simmering and then maybe medium spice. All right. So the first one uh, in terms of the ordering here, we have the Houston Texans. And no, it's not two overall. It is 12 overall. They also have an early second round pick. So maybe somehow if B. John Robinson and, and Jameer Gibbs do not get round one pedigree, you got the Texans sitting there at 34. But uh, 12 overall is where uh, I think we're, we're, we're looking as the first possible spot. And you could say, ah, you know, they, they might use that pick to move up from two to one. Um, certainly, you, you would think their tractor beam towards quarterback, potentially QB1 off the board. We'll see what the Bears do. But Houston Texans um, are that one where you say, what do they have on offense? I have them as the third highest total um, skill position uh, need score between quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. 
And I, you could argue that based on expected openings, like for example, the Giants right now have a massive need at running back. But is Sequan Barkley really getting out of town? Is Daniel Jones a massive need at quarterback? But Daniel Jones probably isn't getting out of town. However, he's not under contract. So it's a blurry sort of line when you do this before we get you know tags and before we get uh, a bunch of additional information. A lot of these maybe notable quarterbacks are staying put. Uh, Lamar Jackson being one. We'll see about a trade, Daniel Jones um, and others. But you have to account for that in terms of team need score. Because right now, not under contract and something has to be done. Uh, it's almost the inertia factor. Um, so uh, again, I think with Houston, they have needs at wide receiver. They have need at tight end. They have need at quarterback. And you could argue that running back with, with Damian Pierce might be the, the softest. It has the lowest need score uh, out, of, out of those four positions for Houston. But however, you know, at two, they could be uh, filling the quarterback one. And then at, uh, and then again, wide receiver, they still have Brandon Cooks. They have Nico Collins. They might think that they're better than they are, but Brandon Cooks may not be there for long. Nico Collins is a bit of a projection. So you could, you could view that uh, two different ways of, of, yeah, they're pretty good. Or you could view it as, whew, you know, they could use an alpha guy. And at 12, you might be looking at someone, hey, let's pair that with Bryce Young. Let's pair that with CJ Stroud, whoever they end up getting there early, uh, early in the round. So 12, again, I think is the first spot. Rex Burkhead's a free agent, but it really comes down to Damian Pierce. He's a high-risk guy. A lot of round fours get uh, drafted over uh, the following year. They don't even make it through that first full offseason without seeing competition. With uh, and they do not survive. So that's a notable one to watch. We talked about the Damian Pierce side, but let, you know th- this here is a perspective on Bijan Robinson and a potential landing spot at 12. And again, you, you get yourself a workhorse profile. You get Damian Pierce in the number two role. You can really do some things, you know, run game wise, uh, where you pair that with a, a young quarterback. And, you know, who knows? That might even be a rushing centric quarterback with uh, uh, with Will Levis. It could be also Anthony Richardson. So there, there's a lot of variables there of what kind of offense are they creating? And it's pretty much a blank slate. All right. Uh, next one in terms of the ordering. Going to go to... 18 overall and that is actually no excuse me i'm gonna go to the eagles i'm gonna go to the eagles now i'm thinking more 31 overall but technically they have the 10th pick and no i don't think at 10 they're they're gonna go there so this is really about 31 um so again i'm gonna skip that one so let's go to 11 this is high on the saucy scale high caliente which is the tennessee titans their DNA, I mean, they've got a lot of things. Cut candidates include, Ryan or, or trade candidates, cut candidates. Ryan Tannehill may or may not be there, quarterback. And then Derrick Henry, getting to be 29, power back. I mean, talk about the transition, Derrick Henry to B. John Robinson. The DNA of this team. Now, you could say wide receiver, bigger need. I agree. Tight end, Chigo Conquo, I like him. But... Is he a prototypical tight end? Is he a, a three-down guy? Are they happy? Austin Hooper is a free agent. So again, they've got a lot of other needs. But if they say, hey, our DNA is pounding the rock, they could have a year possibly here of bridging Derrick Henry with B. John Robinson. And then next year, 22 years old, B. John Robinson, it becomes the, 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 the BR show. And that could be with Ryan Tannehill, uh, you know, 11 overall. Are they looking at QB4 in this class? You know, if they are going that direction, they might be, you know, thinking, hey, we're, we're strong contenders. We're looking for a veteran quarterback. 
Uh, could that be Garoppolo? Could that be, you know, if they aren't going to stick with Tannehill, are they going to try to save money, go with one of these other options? Gardner Minshew, that's sneaky. So anyway, uh, I, I think the Titans, though, high on the saucy scale there at 11. And right there again with the Texans, 11, 12. Uh, next up in the order, and uh, yeah, so 18. Now we're up to 18. Detroit Lions, saucy, right? Jamal Williams, free agent. Justin Jackson, free agent. Two guys that at times, you know, one of them more than the other, but played over DeAndre Swift. So again, if you want to go bite kneecaps and uh, kick shins, uh, you know, rip rip arms off, and then you you beat somebody with them, that w- w- limb from limb, the Detroit Lions. Imagine that offense with scheming up a Monroe St. Brown, Jamison Williams healthy, and yes, they need tight end. Uh, could they go, you know, well, they have eight, they have 18 and six. So six could be a quarterback and yes, they need help on defense valid. Yes. They need a tight end and at 18 could be tight end one off the board, but you know what? 49 off the uh, 49 overall could absolutely be tight end as well. Uh, maybe tight end three, which is looking like three or four notable tight ends in the top 45 or 50. But man, you put Bijan Robinson in there and for now, you could put DeAndre Swift as that, you know, you keep his snaps in that maybe 30, 35% range, receiving centric, uh, try to keep him healthy. But you know what? If he doesn't say healthy, doesn't matter. You got B. John Robinson. So I think that's a really interesting one for an offense that could be on the go with Jared Goff for now. And maybe they draft. I, I mean, they, we, a lot of folks are saying that's a good spot for Anthony Richardson easy chance to develop. Obviously, the offense would probably change. You could use him in that that six-pack six offense, uh, six-pack, and uh, it, you know use him in short yardage. They don't use Jared Goff there. Use him at the goal line. Uh, use him in some certain packages uh, to get his feet wet. And then you transition him into actual quarterback in 2024. So Jamal Williams, if they don't bring him back, and again, Jamal uh, Justin Jackson gone, it'd basically be Swift. Uh, and again, you can have him as what percentage is he technically the one a in week one, uh, but by October, Bijan Robinson starting to take over Swift, more of the past centric guy. Not that Bijan Robinson can't do that. Again, I think that's a really interesting spot for one of the underrated. I think people are coming around on this, but underrated offenses from a design standpoint, from an upside standpoint, and it, it really lifted the lid. Lid having Jared Goff there uh, was was notable on on both sides of that coin. But man, Bijan Robinson uh, would be one to absolutely build around with Amon Ross St. Brown and others going forward. Next one. So we've already mentioned. Now we've, we're already up to Titans. We're up to Texans. We are up to Lions at eighteen. And uh, I already kind of mentioned uh, the Eagles, but we'll get to them more in a second. Then we're into the later twenties here. And I'm going to go with the Cowboys, 27. So we've got a few opportunities there. Uh, actually, no, I skipped one. Ah, horrible. I need uh, I need an assistant here to hold up the cue cards. So the Chargers, spicy. Right here, spicy. There's talk that Austin Eckler, he's reaching a nexus point where he probably should be transitioning away from some of the higher usage he got, especially as a runner, dynamic, love him as a receiver, love him maybe in terms of as a runner in that backfield. 1B, that would be nice. 8 to 10 carries, 5 plus receptions a game. And if you had another guy, and they this, this last year, yes, Joshua Kelly played his best ball. Yes, they drafted Isaiah Spiller. We did not see much of him. Notable free agent in that backfield is Sony Michelle. But uh, if you put B. John Robinson there with that offense 
And again, this could be, you know, you're looking for instant impact. You've got how many more years in Keenan Allen? Uh, Mike Williams, can he stay healthy? Josh Palmer still on his rookie deal. Gerald Everett, cut candidate possibility, question mark on Ron Burgundy. So you put Bijan Robinson on that offense, and they don't have another pick till 55. So 22 is basically that tractor beam spot for one of the notable uh, top running backs, and, and this would be the top running back in Bijan Robinson. They don't have a lot of needs. Wide receiver right now, not a need. Tight end, maybe a little bit. Backup quarterback, yeah, you could always look there. Uh, but again, you're, you're not going to look at it at, at, at 22. And then running back. Again, I'm not going to call it a need, but this could be a splash. I mean, you talk about being able to put a one-two punch together and, again, a, a higher level, a more proven level over the past few years in terms of Austin Eckler could play basically that role that I said DeAndre Swift could play in uh, in Detroit. But Austin Eckler, higher level, has shown more durability and just, you know, we've seen ceiling from him that DeAndre Swift could squint and go, if I could just stay healthy about three, four months and have good faith and allegiance for my role and usage, maybe I kind of sort of get there. That's where we kind of sit. So they could really lean on the running backs. You look across the board with the 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 five players that would be surrounding at the skill positions, Justin Herbert, and boy, I mean, Bijan Robinson is something that they could really lean on um, and, and pretty much right away. So again, that's very, very spicy. And it's really interesting to see that some of these good offenses, like you go to Tennessee, you go to uh, the Chargers, you go to Detroit, these are spicy. And I, I kind of think that Bijan Robinson folks would be like, oh, week one might be a committee. And that would be like the general reaction. I'm not going to say all of a sudden he would go as he would go uh, fall to 102 in drafts 50% of the time or anything, but he may fall 10%. He may fall 15%. Uh, just enough that every every once in a while you get a rogue crack at Bijan Robinson, not at the 101. All right, uh, next one up here, we got 27 overall. Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? So it sounds like Zeke, uh, free agent market-wise, doesn't have a lot of interest. Is he going to be back? I don't think they can squeeze Tony Pollard. And you start looking at Tony Pollard as a free agent for, you know, over if he gets two years of allegiance, three years, whatever, whatever. But if you look at what Bijan Robinson... Uh, a 26-year-old Pollard in that setting versus Bijan Robinson uh, at 21 years old, locked up, not on a Zeke contract with that early high first pedigree uh, contract and and you know first four years plus the fifth year uh, t- option and all of that. But you look at a late first. I personally don't think Bijan Robinson is going to make it to 27. But if he did, you reset the clock here with a 21-year-old with a very affordable five-year window kind of look at what his salary would be. And if you say, we let Pollard go, hopefully we get a comp pick for that, um, a decent one next year. And then you say, Zeke is going to be here this year. Um, he can help out. He can be that number two. And then Zeke probably not going to be around. Then it turns into the Bijan Robinson show. So I think that is a very interesting scenario. Now, the other wrinkles here are, are they going to want to splash wide receiver? Michael Gallup didn't show overly well down the stretch. Noah Brown's a free agent. Not that that's notable a lot from the passing perspective. And then you look and you say Cooper Rush, free agent. Are they going to look at something maybe in the third, fourth, fifth round? You know, uh, look for an, another developmental guy in that backup spot. And then tied end with Noah uh, Dalton Schultz is really the big skill position question mark of is he coming back? And frankly, it might be Schultz versus Pollard for one spot. Um, but again, I think tight end is a, is a bigger need there, but I'm also the type of person, 
uh, type of analyst that says, you know, you look at uh, Peyton Hendershot, but specifically Jake Ferguson, and I think you're looking at a similar prospect on paper and someone that could easily develop into Dalton Schultz or maybe even Dalton Schultz plus. So I'm more bullish on the two guys that they have. Of If they let Dalton Schultz go, go I don't think that's going to be a big deal, and it could be easily a, a, a warranted salary cap saving maneuver to let Pollard go, let Schultz go, and then Bijan Robinson, if they're at 27, could be the guy. Now, obviously, if they're making those free agent decisions, they're not going to know that that, that Bijan would be there at 27, but maybe they would be like, well, if Bijan's there, we'll go there. Or we could be looking at wide receiver four, five off the board, probably going to be a run in the second half of that round. So I don't think that, I don't think Cowboys, we've seen plenty of mock drafts already. I don't think that's super saucy. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense, um, especially when you consider what could be on that depth chart as we go through here. And what would be interesting is Ezekiel Elliott would suddenly be viewed as an injury away type option in that backfield by uh, by dynasty perspective next one up here we have number 29 overall cincinnati bengals and joe mixon wrinkle here legal issues what's going to happen there he already was a cut or restructure candidate been a lot of discussion on the football guys staff bat channel about joe mixon about the contract um, about where he stands legally so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot more maneuvering in this storyboard but we also know Samaje Pirine, free agent. And this is also an offense where maybe you want to get some insulation. They, you know, is this a situation where they're going to prioritize T. Higgins? Uh, and someone like Tyler Boyd is going to go. He's also a cut candidate, restructure candidate. Um, actually, I think he, he – anyway. So he, he is one that's on that list. We have uh, Hayden Hurst, free agent. So that's a, a pretty big hole at tight end. They don't have a natural seat filler. Uh, on their their existing depth chart so maybe 29 overall is tight end two something like that so again there's some moving pieces here and you could say running back is not the biggest priority but again I'll, I'll hearken the same conversation as with dallas which is you get a first round running back uh late in the round and it's a pretty affordable palatable salary there for a 21 year old and now you have five years of control uh, so i i can understand that and again my biggest thing was Joe Mixon was not a different was and is not a difference maker. You put a difference maker in that backfield, who boy, uh, with, with and and if if they ever not don't play, you know, two high safeties. You got Chase, you got Higgins roaming <laughs> on the perimeter with uh, with single coverage in, in a predictable look, or you're going to stay two back and Bijan's going to gut you. I uh, again, that's that's a, a team just getting best best talent added to our our coffer of skill position players on an offense like that with Cincinnati. So I don't think, again, I don't think it's very spicy, but maybe it is. I don't know how many people have talked about Cincinnati here, but I do think that the Joe Mixon angle is one where I think they can save as much on his salary as B. John Robinson in the first year or two would cost total. Uh, all right, next one we have, I, I mentioned 31 overall. So let's get to it. Philadelphia Eagles, Miles Sanders, free agent. Boston Scott, free agent. So you're going to have Kenny Gainwell. So could he play the, you know, a, a little bit undersized number two guy uh, and, and could certainly help on passing downs. You get Bijan Robinson into the mix, but you get the Jalen Hurts option to run paired with Bijan Robinson, paired with even if they lose an offensive lineman this offseason, and then with those two outside weapons, 
Dallas Goddard, you're making an offense just diabolically good. Sorry, Miles Sanders, but B. John Robinson is an upgrade. All right, so so that's a big one at 31. Again, these these later ones, I don't really think he's going there. I have a hard time thinking he's going to drop past, let's say, the uh, certainly the Cowboys at 27, but let's say even the Chargers at 22. I mean, I just have a sense that he's going to go somewhere in the teens. That's just my impression. All right, so Eagles there at 31 building. They don't have uh, needs really at the skill positions. So uh, this is definitely one where they have 10 to address something on defense, on a line, and then 31, they could really hit, uh, really hit on a quote-unquote luxury pick to keep their offense humming at a high RPM. Finally, closing out the round, how about 32 overall? Spicy, spicy, at least moderate, if not high spiciness, Kansas City Chiefs. Isaiah Pacheco, you're running like your hair's on fire. I get it. Jarek McKinnon, free agent. Ronald Jones, did you play? But you got a ring, free agent. Uh, Melvin Gordon, he got a ring. Uh, you know, I, again, I, I think wide receiver is going to be a critical question for them. Juju Smith-Schuster, Nicole Hardman, Justin Watson. They're probably going to be looking to add that position. Um, uh, you know, so, but 32 overall here. And I think running back is a need. I think wide receiver is a need. At 32 overall, are they looking at wide receiver five, wide receiver six? I think day two is going to be pretty ripe. Uh, I think at 64, 96, they're going to have looks at at a certain type of wide receiver they're looking for. Now, running back is another one. Like maybe they're, are they looking Jameer Gibbs? I think this is a, a Kansas City scenario where please don't mess this up. I'm not saying this is the same situation, but let's rewind the clock. They went for Clyde Edwards-Alaire over Jonathan Taylor. They could have Jonathan Taylor right now based on that decision. Yes, Edwards Lair is coming back. Yes, they have uh, Pacheco. Edwards Lair, though, how much confidence do they have in him at all? So do they reset the clock? And I think the spiciness of this comes from they would have technically, as it looks today, two first-rounders on the same running back depth chart, uh, both on rookie deals. And then the best uh, productive incumbent would actually not be the the first round pedigreed running back, it would be Isaiah Pacheco. So it might be a bit much with Edwards Lair, Pacheco, and then now adding at 32 overall, uh, Bijan Robinson. That may be a bit rich, but we also saw what the Chiefs can do when they have a running game they can lean on. Uh, we saw that in the Super Bowl. We saw that at moments, but if they can do it even more, and Bijan Robinson can do everything. You lose McKinnon, it's like, <laughs> so what? <laughs> We've got Bijan Robinson who can basically be a better running back than we have also on the depth chart, but also be the best receiver. I mean, we didn't see Pacheco used that much. They split that into basically being the McKinnon role. So again, I think closing out the round, uh, we, have, we have the Chiefs uh, as a high spiciness just because they're a team that has already invested decently in the position, and they hit on a, a day, late day three guy. When you talk about if Pacheco has the confidence and he elevates and, and continues to have a 1A role in year two, year three, that's a huge value boon for a supermax quarterback that uh, I think you know within the next couple of years he's going to look like a pretty big value in Patrick Mahomes. But still, you are operating within bigger tethers in terms of salary cap management because you have the big 
price tag on a quarterback. So you probably do want to save money at the running back position if you can help it. And looking at you, McKinnon, that means it's pro- you're probably not coming back. That means they're going to have to hit on some skill position, rookie, uh, rookie draft picks here. And for the Chiefs, that's going to mean Sky Moore needs to step up. That's going to mean Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, it would be a huge boon at his salary to give a couple more quality years of 1A or 1B work. All right, so closing out here on Bijan Robinson. So the teams I came up with, we have Texans, we have Lions, we have Eagles, we have Titans, Chargers, Cowboys, Bengals, Chiefs, oh my. So that's a bunch of teams. Overall, that's eight. That's a quarter of the first round. And some of those some of those teams have multiple picks. So in short, there should be a lot of interest there in Bijan Robinson, a lot of interest in the landing spot. And one of my final thoughts on Bijan Robinson is going to be, it's almost, it, I think the biggest impact here is not, ooh, let's raise up Bijan Robinson. It's a great landing spot. Let's push him down. That's a poor landing spot because pedigree pays. And especially when you get the round one running back and the round one running back that has a basically bulletproof profile. You're looking for a, a back with prototypical size, with quality movement and athleticism, with a quality resume of rushing production. And then you're looking for uh, receiving acumen and upside. He has all of those things. So even if he goes to the Austin Eckler contained Chargers situation, even if he goes to the Titans where Derrick Henry sees uh, 90 carries in the opening month of the 2023 season, even if he goes to the Lions and DeAndre Swift is playing uh, a decent role as a pass-catching and third-down option to begin the year, even if Damian Pierce is the week one starter for Houston, even if they draft Bijan Robinson at 12 overall, it's a minor speed bump. All these things are minor speed bumps to the trajectory that a round one Bijan Robinson profile will already have. And that's one of the bigger points here is it's going to affect Trey Mason style, the incumbent a heck of a lot more than Bijan Robinson. It's going to it's going to torpedo DeAndre Swift. It's going to torpedo Damian Pierce. Torpedo <clears throat> Ezekiel Elliott if Tony Pollard is gone. Torpedo, uh, well, uh, at that point we might get clarity on say someone like Joe Mixon, but torpedo Isaiah Pacheco and, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So that's what it's going to do. It's going to put a ticking clock on a Derrick Henry where the next injury, and that's it. B.J. Robinson just kind of runs with things. And it's going to uh, say, where's he going to play in 2024? It's going to bring up those types of questions. Austin Eckler, it's going to definitely uh, say, well, that's going to be a bigger bigger impact than Joshua Kelly or Isaiah Spiller or insert whoever would be the de facto running back two in the rotation there for the Chargers in 2023. Wanted to mention some of the premium content. I get a few questions every single week on how does UTH over at patreon.com slash UTH differ from uh, from UTHDynasty.com? And it they are each their own self-enclosed universe of content. Unique Dynasty content. If you love audio content, then I encourage you to try out Patreon. You're going to get content that even at UTH you do not get. Um, it is, and I'm going to go over uh, a few of the pieces that have come out over the past week, as well as one of the crown jewels, access to the VIP chat room. 
I'm in there every single day asking questions, Other, not email, not on Twitter, DMs, or anything like that. If you want uh, me to be dialed in to your question, going to the VIP chat is the first place I look when I have some free time sporadically throughout the day. I'm in there at least every few hours. And there are a few dozen of the highest end dynasty winning managers and GMs on the planet. And we are all helping each other. Uh, there's a startup draft or two going on right now. There's a number of trade discussions every single day. We talk about uh, team building. We talk about player value. We talk about concepts. We talk about how to win trades and is this the right time? Is this the way a certain player to go after? Uh, there's so many things that are discussed with a simple, should I trade this for this? So I love it. Uh, rookie draft time, we're going to be sharing data, sharing stories of, of what you can expect out there. Um, and again, off season is the perfect time to go in there and try it out. So some of the features over there at patreon.com slash UTH over the past week. I mentioned the weekly show. Last week, uh, it was on the dynasty trading weaknesses, talking through that, how you can improve, um, how you can maybe cover it up, cover up those weaknesses by uh, having your actions a little differently in your dynasty leagues. And every single week, we do a little segment. Sometimes it's five minutes, sometimes it's 20 minutes. Overtime with Tim. Uh, sometimes sports, sometimes not sports. Uh, last week, we talked about uh, we talked about movies uh, with with Tim. He's always my my guide to the the cinematic universe because I'm not really dialed into movies that are coming out. We talked about his uh, perspective on those commercials uh, with the Super Bowl, and then uh, I t- we we both talked about our top three sports days of the year, singular days on the calendar of 365 in a given year. So that was a fun conversation as well. Um, other things last week, discuss, I had a VIP session. And again, that's another feature you're going to get. If you sign up at the all pro level, try it out for even one month, you're going to get the strategy sessions every week, especially for the VIPs. I talked about the 2023 running back class, critical questions coming up as well as just laying the landscape for uh, for that positional group that is, that is vital uh, to your results this off season. Finally, uh, one feature that I've been doing quite a bit is uh, five dynasty trades. So looking at different angles, looking at recent dynasty trades that apply. And I was looking at quarterback hunting. So when you're hunting down improvements, upgrades, uh, finding that stud, uh, looking at five descriptive dynasty trades in a concise show that uh, show what you should be looking for in trying to make your dealings at that premium position. And then finally, in the middle of the night, uh, last night on, on Monday, finishing up a holiday weekend, but I hadn't recorded a show. I, I batched some of the ones from, from last week, and then I hadn't recorded for three or four days. And in the middle of the night, it's about two in the morning, I was like, I can't go to bed. Can't go to bed until I have something in the queue for patrons. And it ended up being, I think, almost an hour show where it just hit me that around this time, um, and, and it was seven, eight years ago, I was getting out of active duty army um, in the military. And it was a major decision. I go into a lot of things, you know, at that time and things leading up to that moment of I'm not, the, I'm not in the military anymore. I'm taking a leap of faith on myself to, uh, to go a different direction to, to, I was already doing some side hustles. I was already doing football guys. I was already doing UTH, but at that point it was far less clear and established than I am today. And yet I did make the move. I exited the army and what's funny is right here, right now would be about the time that uh, the, the technical date would be in two or three months, but with terminal leave and everything, 
my last day of work for 20 years, a military retirement would be about now here in 2023. And what's interesting is I was almost kind of thinking about it. It was, it was one of those just feelings I was having that like I wanted to talk about it, but I didn't even really know why. And I ended up writing uh, my coworkers there uh, when, you know, when I, after I left after 12 years, just kind of sharing some thoughts. And I wasn't someone that, yes, I had, uh, let's call them friendships or, you know, coworker relationships and, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I, I just wanted to share some of my thoughts because um, I had a lot that I, I felt that I had gained. I think the, that my, my unique job in the, in the army and our, you know, coworkers and everything, unique job in the army provided a lot of opportunities to explore other avenues and to really, you never know what the, the next day will hold. So um, I called it the UTH Dynasty Experience um, because I used to do audiobooks on an annual basis where I record chapters, you know, throughout the year and then it puts it all together. It's, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 hours um, and you get that all. I used to sell it as an audiobook, but now over at Patreon, every once in a while you get, you get stories like this. Uh, you get like sort of a deep dive into going behind the curtain of UTH or me or, you know, you, you get something like that. And, and 45, 50 minutes later, uh, a massive show last night comes out and that's available again, only at patreon.com slash UTH. So, so thank you so much. Uh, if you've been thinking about supporting the show, if you're like, I listen to this weekly show, you know, maybe I, I signed up for uh, the UTH dynasty platform. I would highly encourage you to sign up to Patreon, even for one month where you can go in the back catalog, listen to a bunch of the shows. You can try out the VIP chat. And you know what? If you don't like it, I understand. And uh, again, feedback would be awesome. But just getting you in the chat, uh, getting you in, asking questions, being a part of that giant, massive dynasty discussion would would be such a great thing to try out this offseason, especially because you're going to get stuff as we talk about the combine, NFL free agency, all that's going to basically be here in the next 30 days uh, with you signing up for a month. And then finally, I wanted to shout out a, a few things over at UTHDynasty.com, uh, the UTH site proper. Um, that's another place, again, unique content you're going to hear. I'm going to go over some of the stuff from the past week. It's completely unique. I'm not going to be uh, rehashing. It's not like I double double post shows or anything like that. So over the past week, and what we've been doing is having a huge series on the UTH Dynasty Training Academy. And each show looks at a different facet, whether it's team direction, a different situation of Dynasty Trading. And it's, it's uh, super important because everyone can talk about, oh, here's some tips for Dynasty Trading. Well, but what does that apply to? Because I, I put specifically, here's all the shows that have already been released. We still have others to come out. Why do I keep saying we as well? It's just me. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm saying we, <laughs> collective we here. It's a group effort. Um, so what is already out is how to trade as an elite team. So if you're one of the top one to two teams, you know who you are. You know, you're, you're a favorite to get to the finals. You're a favorite to get a buy. Uh, you have high, high aspirations. We all do. But you're, you have actually have a team and a roster to back it up. How do you sp trade specifically in that circumstance? And then how do you trade as a weak team? Maybe it's a dispersal. Maybe it's an orphan. Maybe you just ran your team into the ground. Uh, specific trading tactics and keys for trading as a weak team. Uh, we've got negotiating tactics, techniques, and tips. This is just emptying the, the toolbox for everything you could use. And then uh, for, for, again, negotiating a deal once an offer comes in or a counter offer comes in. 
then how to trade in shallow formats, how to trade in deep formats. You can just go, and again, these are ones that I, I scrub up every single year, this time of year, getting ready for the full off season, Super Bowl in the rear view, and obviously rookie draft time, uh, in-season time, all of that. But you can go back and just listen, hey, you know, I have an elite team. Go back and listen to that elite show. Or you say, ah, I'm in a shallow league. I'm in a deep league. Go listen to that specific show. Next one is how to trade or not trade the best player or asset in a deal. So we know what that looks like, right? I'm trading a big-time player. I'm trading 101. I'm trading uh, this stud running back. Uh, clear best player in the deal, how to do it and how not to do it. Another one, how to trade in quiet leagues, not overly active. You've got uh, the 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 flip opposite one, how to trade in active formats. So things move at a faster pace, th- things have a lower speed limit. Uh, depending on what type of your format you're in, I have tips for both of those settings. Another one, how to trade rookie picks. Uh, came out uh, today, how to trade to balance your roster. So you're trading... Uh, you, you need to get stronger at a specific position uh, that currently is weak. So how do you trade from your strong position to a weak position to balance things out, improve your starting lineup? So those are a few things. Um, also on the written side, uh, looked at uh, early comp prism for the 2023 quarterbacks, notably those top five, the big five, if you will. Uh, big four, big five there at the position. Also have a transparency report. I go over a few George Pickens trades uh, that I have executed. And then how about the historical anatomy of a wide receiver one, looking at those situations. Um, those are some recent content over there at utsdynasty.com. Finally, I'm going to close the show with a dynasty trade of the day. This is something that I've been trying to do for like the last week or two on Twitter. So if you check my timeline, Chad Parsons NFL, you're going to see uh, that I go through the methodology of examining, evaluating a trade through the prism of the UTH trade calculator. So that is another feature. If you sign up at UTH Dynasty, you're going to get a preview of the to trade calculator. It is a standalone purchase. You get some freebie time, uh, usually about a week, week, week and a half there uh, with GM uh, or with assistant coach, but you can sign up after you try it if you like it. Many people do. So I want to go over one trade, almost like do a, a mini tweet here for the uh, trade of the day. This is in Superflex, uh, trading George Pickens and 111 this year for Amon Ra St. Brown. So the way I would go about this is distilling how that looks in the trade calculator and a few applicable thoughts. So on on raw value, if you just add up the numbers, it's about even. George Pickens plus plus 111, specific to 2023, mind you. I already have uh, the first three, four rounds loaded uh, into the trade calculator specific for 2023. Otherwise, they are historical values like rookie one, rookie five, etc. But again, overall value in a super flex, about even. Pickens plus 111 for a Monroe St. Brown. But here's the missing link, best player premium. Best player premium is a huge feature of the trade calculator looking at what you should pay, what you should sell for if you have the best player in the deal. Just went back to that on one of the shows there for uh, for UTH, that Dynasty dynasty trading, uh, trading strategy series. So here's the, here's the part. Amonra St. Brown is the clear best player or asset available there. And if you are able to buy for less than like plus 30 or 40%, it's a huge win. This is about an even deal. It's plus 1%. So the fact that you're getting Amonra St. Brown 
probably for a minimum of a 30% discount, if not 40%. And just to give a perspective on that, this would be like you basically would need to give to make it even, let's call it even. It would basically need to be George Pickens plus 110 plus 111 for Amon Ross St. Brown. That is a quote unquote fair deal. You're, you're, you're a late first light or, uh, and this is how I like to talk through the scenarios to make it fair with a higher pick. Let me just manipulate things here quickly. Uh, it would probably need to be 103, 104 plus George Pickens. So again, Pickens to me is someone that can get you places. We're seeing in this trade, 111 plus Pickens got you a Ross St. Brown. And 111, you start doing the math in Superflex, three, four quarterbacks, a couple running backs. Uh, you may, may get a look at the lowest, last, first round, uh, first round wide receiver of this class. The fourth guy, the fifth guy off the rookie draft board. So again, would you rather take all that potential of, you know, you get a round one pedigree guy, plus you get George Pickens, or the the profile of Amon Ross St. Brown. Productive, young, attachment to a quarterback, attachment to an offense. I personally don't think Jameis Williams is going to come and take his job this year. And Amon Ross St. Brown, what he's doing at his age of, he came in, produced right away. Then last year, proved it wasn't a joke. Here he is, like he's already established. So I, again, and, and I don't think they're at, high, at Detroit is that high risk to to take another wide receiver. They just drafted one in the top ten. So again, evaluating this deal, there's a lot of risk on the pick side, not a lot on the Amon Ross St. Brown side. And again, that best player premium is critical and key. All right, that's going to do it. Thanks so much for listening this week. Looking to have a special guest next week so you won't get to hear 45 straight minutes of me. You get plenty of me on the premium shows, uh, standalone solo editions already. So I've mentioned the trade calculator, mentioned the premium podcast, mentioned all the previous content uh, from the past week or so at UTH Dynasty as well as patreon.com slash UTH. I already mentioned you could follow me at Chad Parsons NFL on Twitter. You want to see that dynasty uh, trade of the day, some analysis, a little more brevity there as opposed to talking through it uh, with some bullet points on a daily basis, talking through how the calculator works, talking through trading process, and some interesting deals this week. Uh, The one case in point, Pickens in the late first for Amara St. Brown. I am Chad Parsons. Until next time, never settle, refuse to be average, and keep building those dynasties. I love my mama. Agreed. You woman. He's got a steak ass. That's just Chad math right there. Save you. Save me. No, I'm kind of a wind guy. Hey, we were starting a movement. That's the way it should be. All the pretty girls. Save you. Save me. Sounds like a home run, Chad. Ode to Chris Hogan. I had a dream. I had an awesome dream. People in the park playing games in the dark. Eric Coleman would be so impressed. And what they played was a masquerade. Oh my god, I need a running back. They're picking meat off of my boat. Cars are clean, chocolate is dirty.
tricked me, that fluffy skunk! You put it on the prompter, I read it! Ready to get all dynasty naked? They literally wipe their butts with that kind of money. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. I can't believe we went on the brisket tangent. Hashtag Dynasty Dirty Talk. Jim watches slap asses with Talk Dirty. <laughs> what happens to Brandon Coleman in Fuego? It's a trap, people. Don't do it. You know, I've stopped wearing pants. With great opportunity comes great responsibility. Hingle me Kringleberry, Penn State University.